0: Welcome to the Sacred Identity Podcast, a healing space for Black films of all experiences to grow, learn, and heal. We are decolonizing our minds, our bodies, and our spirits, and I am so glad to have you here on this journey. Thank you for tapping in. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Identity Podcast. I am your host, Katora. I use the pronouns she and her. And this is another installment of the Hey, Sis, Let's Chat series. And today I am here with another lovely guest. I will let her introduce herself, but I already know this is going to be a good episode. (laughs) Just (laughs) off the vibes alone. So
1: go ahead. Hello everyone and thank you for having me today. I appreciate you for doing the work that you're doing and for inviting me to be a guest. So I appreciate that.
0: No problem. I'm so glad to have you and to create space for you to, you know, talk about yourself or talk about your work and I'm just I'm excited to get into it cuz I feel like a lot of people will be able
1: to learn just from our conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm Kim Peevler. I am a registered nurse. I'm also a holistic registered nurse. I'm a candidate for a master's degree, and I'm studying mindfulness. And I have a business, and the business is called Melon Mind. And it's basically a mindfulness lifestyle company for Black women, where we teach Black women the art of being present. So I call myself a present specialist. And it's just about bringing our awareness to this moment in this time, in this space and being where we are and knowing that all change happens in the moment, right? Not outside the moment, but in the moment. So any kind of awareness that you want to bring to your life. And I know a lot of us are setting goals for the new year or new intentions or any of that and all of those things are magnificent but what keeps us grounded and what keeps us successful is how we are paying attention to what we're doing in each moment.
0: I love that. Mm -hmm. I think people might think it's like I don't want to say cliche but we hear often that oh you got to live in the moment but practicing living in the moment. It's something that has been really uh, liberating for me. So Mm -hmm. talk about like mindfulness and how you see it. So for someone who's listening to this, who might not be comfortable with the idea of mindfulness or, you know, Mm -hmm. what does that
1: mean to you? And that is very interesting that you would bring that up because one of the reasons why we designed a program for Black women Mm -hmm. was for that reason. Because through my work with Black women, most of them say that, Oh, mindfulness has a very Eastern feel to it. And it was brought over to the States by a gentleman by the name of Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, who is a white man. And he brought it to Harvard University into their medical program. So for Black women or for Black folks, they feel like it's the Eastern feel or it's a very white feel. right? Right. But in reality, I feel like there's no proprietorship in being present. So as Black people, we have been mindful from the time that we got here, you know, going back just to slavery. We have been present in the moment and that was survival for us, right? We couldn't really be anywhere else. We needed to be where we were doing the what we needed to do in order to survive. And it's only through kind of coming from that generational kind of trauma where the survival looks different, right? It's only in in these moments when we've been released from that, when we get to look at our futures and we get to plan and we get to manifest and we get to do all of these things that we have kind of lost sight of the moment, you know, of being where we are for whatever reason, because sometimes the moment may look like not what you want it to look like. You may feel like you're not as far as you need to be in life or... You're not doing what you want to do with life or you're still in a bit of a stressful situation, right? So sometimes we're not where we are because it's not what we think it needs to look like. So mindfulness then to me is understanding that the way we get to where we think we want to be is in this moment. And it's just making space and being with whatever is happening in the moment. I think I was told this, and you may have heard this a long time ago, that the definition or one of the definitions of insanity is wanting to be somewhere other than where you are not, Mm -hmm. right? And that creates then stress and that creates angst and that creates all types of dis, and I call it dis-ease in the body. Because your mind is trying to go somewhere other than being where it is right now, right? And it's just a matter of having some skills. Slowing down is the number one skill and being present with whatever is. And even if it's something that you don't like or even if it's not painful, because you don't have to like it. You just have to find a way to be with it.
0: Yes. I, I think hearing you say that has like sparked in me. I don't know. I automatically started reflecting because I think that's something that I definitely learned last year was how to just be present, you know, because like I said, I'd heard people say before. How important, like just being in a moment or living in the moment, could be. But in practicing that, like through the good and the bad, or the comfortable and the not so comfortable, like really liberating me in a sense because I was taking ownership in like what was happening,
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: and it made me feel more at peace and
1: more in control. I think. Mm-hmm. so I yeah, understand that. Yeah. And I love what you said about it's about taking ownership. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and again, the ownership is that you own the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, you own it in the sense of how you get to represent what's happening in the moment. Right. So that is adversities. And you can understand this is the interesting part about being present because you can understand how someone will want to flee the moment if it's not pleasant. But we also flee the moment if it's too pleasant. Like you hear people say Mm -hmm. they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, it's like it can't be too bad because I don't want to be here. And it also can't be too good because you don't feel deserving of Mm -hmm. being there, you know, if it's too good as well. But the thing is what you said is like the ownership. But it's like you own it. This is my moment. And it's the only moment that I have. And then how am I going to be here in this moment? You know, how am I going to bear witness to what's happening, Mm -hmm. you know, in this moment? So I do love that you mentioned that ownership because it is true ownership.
0: Yes, because then mindfulness in a way is, like you said, creating space for yourself. And I love that.
1: Yeah, it is creating space for all that is, right? And the thing about Black women, and it's, it's a great quality, but it is then creating the dis-ease. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But Black women are like grinders. Like, I got to get it done. You know, like this may have happened, but okay, so what I'm going to do? There's no crying. I got to pick myself up. I got to do this. I got to get to school. I got to, whatever, drop the kids off. I have to take care of the parents. I got to pay these bills. I got to, Goals, I got I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, right? We're going, going constantly, right? And that, that little function right there was a survival skill. It's Mm -hmm. the strong black woman syndrome that we have kind (laughs) of, yes, that we have been plagued with, right? And there are like everything in life, there's pros and cons. So there's benefits from that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the part that we're missing from that is, so then, I spoke of this ease, right? And the this is not there's no ease within the body, right? And then there's also the term disease. So the biggest morbidity and mortality rates for black women, or the biggest killers of black women, are heart disease, diabetes, and hypertension. And then along with anxiety and depression. And that's what happens when we're not at ease in our body. You know, so if you think about something like hypertension, it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So your blood pressure goes up the more you are tense in something. Right. So if you think about like a pressure cooker, the Instapot, or anything that you're squeezing, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's a Ziploc bag, you have to let the air out of the Ziploc mm-hmm. bag, you know, otherwise it gets filled with the pressure, which then makes it easy to kind of explode at some point. But the thing is, is that we don't recognize those areas of stress in our lives. And if you ask most Black women, they would probably tell you that they're not stressed. And if they are stressed, they will tell you that they don't have time to be stressed though. Like, yeah, I'm stressed, but I don't have any time for it. And again, we're creating a great life with maybe creating financial freedoms or creating our social status within the world. But another form of wealth is health. Health is actually the new form of wealth. So it's kind of like you can get to all of these things, but if you don't have your health along with it, right, Mm -hmm. it's equally as important. You know, so it's like you make all the money and now you're going to spend it on taking care of the manifestations of the mind in your body of some of those things that I spoke about before, you know, the anxiety, the depression. And really, mindfulness is a way of slowing down because we're going at 100 miles an hour, right? And it's very hard to recognize that you need to turn right or turn left when you're doing 100 miles an hour. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you want to make a turn, just like when you're driving in your car, you slow down so you can make the turn appropriately. You get to decide left or right. Is there danger there? Is there a pedestrian crossing? Is there any of these things that you would, you wouldn't be aware of if you were going a hundred miles an hour. So mindfulness is a skill then. It is a skill to slow down, right? And that's the first, that's one of the first steps is slowing down and recognizing what you need.
0: Exactly. Oh my goodness. I am listening to you speak. Can we just talk more about like understanding and identifying stress? Because... I I remember having, like, I want to say it was an aha moment. It didn't feel like an aha moment because when I realized, okay, this is what I'm experiencing, stress. I'm like, wait, I've been stressed out since I was really, really young. Like, since Mm -hmm. I was a young girl. Like, um, I had to grow up fast. I took on a lot of responsibility, much like you said, strong black woman syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, oh, I have to do all of these things for my family. I have to. And I was really young. I'm still young, so I was like, (laughs) you know, 14, 15, like, oh, I got to take care of my siblings. I got to, you know, make these meals, and I got to do that, and I didn't really have time to be a child, so Mm when I realized that, I was like, whoa, like, what do I do with this feeling, first of all, and secondly, I'm like, okay, I've been at a high level of stress and just dealing with life up until that moment you know and I was like mm-hmm. oh. and if somebody would have told me I was stressed I would have been like what no no I'm not mm. I don't have time for that and also thinking about like my childhood my parents like you, <laughs> most black parents are like you
1: how are you stressed <laughs> right
0: <laughs> you're
1: a <laughs> Right. How try paying these have- bills. Right. Why don't you try paying these bills? You want to be stressed. Right. Your parents yeah. didn't have no time for you, how you felt and what you were going through. This is absolutely 100 percent correct.
0: Exactly. So coming into mm-hmm. adulthood, like becoming a young woman, I had to identify like, OK, wait, whoa, you know, this is this is not healthy for me. So what would you recommend for people to like, I don't want to say just manage stress, but just to take that first step in acknowledging like, okay, I'm stressed out. What do I do? <laughs> like mm-hmm. How do I help myself? How do I care for myself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because there are several ways to begin and the acknowledgement is above everything else, right? You can't even begin <laughs> to deal with anything unless you acknowledge it, right? And it's, the thing about stress, so an acute situation happens like car accident or a death in a family or um, loss of wages, right? right? People can safely say that I am stressed in, a, in an acute situation. But it's kind of like what we don't recognize is chronic stress. And then the adaptation that our body goes through to live with that every single day, right? So from the time you were a teenager, so again, coming from the struggles of being oppressed as a people and then living in systems of oppression, there's no way that you recognize it. you see that your parents did it and their parents did it and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So then you being a teenager, it's like, okay, well, I got to make sure my siblings eat and I got to mm-hmm. go to school and I got to make sure this and this and this, there's a responsibility. And then you become an adult, which no one is really talking about. Then at that point, okay, I got to go to college if that is the case or I got to get a job and I got to make the money. And then you go into that mode, whatever happens right there. It's like, okay, I've graduated and now I have this job. And then the American dream then tells you from there, it's like, oh, then you find somebody to be with and then you possibly bring other people into the world (laughs) that you are raising in at that point, but never once addressing how that is showing up in your life chronically and chronic stress is the biggest cause for all of those things that we talked about. So the earlier you learned that, so you mentioned that you are still young and I'm, I applaud you for that, man, because honestly, it's, it, it probably wasn't really talked about when I was when I was your age, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea is like doing better for the next generation. So the fact that Mm -hmm. now these conversations are being had, so Mm -hmm. you can benefit from that as well, right? So again, it's having conversations about it, but it's also learning to be with yourself and learning to be with yourself in an intimate way that's not tied where your worth is not tied to what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know? So- the big, I think a big movement right now is the self-care movement, right? Mm-hmm. So people look at self-care as a way of grooming, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to get my hair done and my nails done and a pedicure mm-hmm. and and that is grooming and that, and that is perfectly fine, but it's really getting to the point where, what do you need? And that really is kind of only revealed to you in the moment. So it's a constant relationship or dialogue that you're having with yourself. It's like, what do I need in this moment, right? And you may think, yeah, I need to get this bag. Okay, that's great. But in this moment, what do you need? And you may find it to be something as simple as, I need some water, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, I'm paying attention. Yes, I feel thirsty and I just need some water right now. Or I need clear boundaries because I'm feeling violated or I'm feeling depleted because I'm giving too much in this moment. You know, I can tell in my body because it's showing up as tension. So it's like you may feel that in your jawline. You may feel that in your shoulders and your back. A lot of women carry a lot on their shoulders, you know, especially black women, a lot of them. So just notice where your shoulders are. Are they hunched up close to your, uh, ears, or it looks like your shoulders are earrings, you know, of sorts, Mm -hmm. it's starting to recognize it's like being in your body. So dropping out of your head and then being in the body. So that is the first foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of the body, right? And some of us haven't been present in our body at all. Our body is just takes us from A to B. It's a way to get things done, but not necessarily having an intimate relationship with it where you listen to it right? And it offers you what it needs. And then you building trust with your body and you're going to give your body then what it needs. And it's kind of like, it's a nurturing exercise. The same thing that you would do with uh, a newborn. When a newborn comes, you don't know the relationship at that point. But over time, you're listening. You're like, okay, well, this cry means that maybe I need to, you know, change your, your diaper. Maybe this one means that I'm hungry or you're uncomfortable. Over time, that is the relationship that you're building with that child. But for so many of us in the Black community, that's it's, it's almost like that's where the disconnect happened, was really at birth. It's like, I'm going to feed you and clothe you, but then I don't necessarily know how to nurture you. You know, I don't necessarily know how, as a parent, to build that relationship with you where you're saying something to me and I'm listening to you, right? And then I'm responding and we are, it's an intimate relationship that you're having, right? So we can't go back to birth and we can't go back to childhood and we can't do any of that, but we can do those things for ourselves. So just like when you were an infant and you didn't know, or when you're when you're infant with your mom and that relationship wasn't established, right? It's the same thing when we get into our bodies. You don't necessarily know that relationship, right? But it requires a bit of time, um, a commitment with sitting and listening and being curious, you know, and exploring. What am I feeling in my body? What is that? You know, that sensation when you're sitting down and maybe you feel a tingling in your leg, right? It's like that little numbness feeling. Mm -hmm. And instead of just the reaction then is, oh, I'm going to move. But more so slowing down, it's like, oh, that's a tingly feeling. What is that? What am I feeling? So everything is like a little science experiment at that point. It's not necessarily to move away from it because that is what we do. As soon as we feel a bit of uncomfortableness, it's like, oh, I'm going to readjust my position, you know? And again, there's nothing wrong with those things, but it's just a matter of going to that moment before readjustment, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. am I, am I moving away from this? Because there's a wealth of information that's there for you, you yes, know? You. So the first place is just dropping down and being in your body. And for a lot of people, or at least with a mindfulness practice, people like to start with the breath. And the breath is a great place to start, but it can be any sensation, right? Cause for some people, it's traumatic for them to be in their bodies. You know, something happened there at that point. So again, you have to approach it with an ease and a kindness to yourself right. and to recognize. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're sitting and you're like, okay, I'm going to be in my body, you know, right now and you realize that, but I don't necessarily feel safe, then it's like, then what can you do for yourself? Okay, I'm going to open my eyes and instead of focusing on what's inside, I'm going to focus on what I see right here. And then I'm just going to explore it, you know, that way. So again, it's it's always back in your corner and going back to what you said, it's about you taking ownership, you know. So you are the guru, So sometimes we're looking for outside people to tell us, what does this feeling mean? And what does that mean? And what is that? And it's like, and people outside of you are fine as well. But again, it's that relationship with yourself and knowing yourself intimately enough to know, yes, I'm adjusting right now because I don't don't feel like being uncomfortable and it's okay. Mm -hmm. If this uncomfortableness shows up again another time, then maybe I'll sit with it and explore it more. Or maybe I'll be with my breath, but right now I'm not very comfortable with my breath, but I'm more comfortable with what I see. So let me focus on that. Right. You know, so again, it is that I am getting to learn who I am from an inside gaze and not from the gaze of how you're told to be as a woman or as black or middle class or whatever little category that somebody has placed you in right it's like yeah you get to decide that from within you what that is
0: I agree and I I really like that you brought that up because I do feel like when we look outside of ourselves too much for help when it comes to things like mindfulness or just spirituality in general, I don't want to say it loses its magic, but I found that trusting myself and being curious and figuring things out for me has made it worth it. You know, I look mm-hmm. more by experience. So I just want to hold space for that. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to be with yourself and try things out with yourself um, instead of necessarily looking outside of you. And Mm -hmm. I know it's not the most comfortable thing,
1: and that's why it's a practice. And is that something you said that you've learned the most from that?
0: I have, yeah. I've learned the most from trying things. Of course, I'll do my you know, my learning or my studying or Mm -hmm. um, like, let's just say for an example, I might do a a guided meditation, but I'll find that, like you said, while I'm doing the meditation, that it may not be the most comfortable for me. So
1: Mm -hmm. while
0: I'm trying to be present in my body, instead of like shutting down, which is what I might've did a long time ago and being like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not for me. I'll make adjustments. I'll fine tune it so that I get what I need from it. So
1: I've learned from fine-tuning things. And like, I'm just trying to get at what are some of those obstacles, like the little intimate obstacles that you come over, just to give the audience Mm -hmm. just a little bit more of an understanding of that, because I feel like what you're saying is 100% true, but sometimes I think people underestimate the subtleties.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so for me, sometimes I feel like when I close my eyes, um, mm-hmm. my mind gets way too loud. Okay. Or I I have a hard time focusing or I don't know what it is, but like if I'm not in the best place, my mind drifts off, you know? And when I'm mm-hmm. trying to sit with an intention, like an intended feeling or I'm doing an attendant meditation, like I don't want to get off track. Like I hold space for myself to, think how I need to think, but I found it more comfortable to like have my eyes open and it allows me to stay present, um, for example, or mm-hmm. like when I was first starting off, I was really fixated on this idea of, you know, um, my my breath and I mm-hmm. found that breath is really important, but I've allowed myself to flow into things, you know, like, I don't know, I, my inner I don't know what I want to call it, but there's a part of me where I like judge myself as I'm doing things.
1: The inner critic
0: yes the inner critic that's what yes
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. she a trip too
0: (laughs) yes i'm trying to be with myself and i'm judging myself as i'm doing things you know Mm -hmm. so i had to like work my way through that you know like oh i'm not breathing right or oh i'm Mm -hmm. thinking right i'm not doing this meditation right you know that's Mm -hmm. myself so i think when it comes (laughs) to the subtleties those things that i've you know. Yes. I I create, when I create space for myself, I'm literally allowing myself to be, you know, I have to redirect myself. I have to redirect my thinking into like, okay, I've created this space for me to be, like, let me not judge myself. But that's something that I've worked on and am still working on.
1: Yes. Yes. That is huge. And that is one of the biggest reasons the inner critic the mind is one of the biggest reasons or the biggest deterrence from mm-hmm. folks practicing being present or that, mm-hmm. that practice of mindfulness is because of that voice. Yep. You know? Yeah. That, that is huge. That is huge. Again, it's a practice book because your mind is going to wander. And I think that people think that when you uh, sit down or you find yourself a comfortable position that once you close your eyes, that then everything kind of relaxes and that may be far from the truth. That, that may be when everything begins to intensify, you know, at that point. But again, if you find a way to anchor yourself back into the moment, right? So uh, when your mind wanders, it's like then focus back on your breath or when your mind wanders, then focus back to that one little thing that you were looking at outside of yourself. You know, it's like, how can I get back to the moment, right? That's that's home base, mm-hmm. you know. For the rest of your journey, for however many more moments that you have in life, it's like, how can I get back home, back mm-hmm. to the moment, right? You know. I that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes we're we're far from the moment. We're so far in our minds, and we're so far away from being present right? That you miss a whole host of things that are happening because you're somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what I was like trying to speak to when I was saying like how I found being present to be liberating because I don't want to miss out on that host of things, you know, the the magic, that's what I mm-hmm. like to call it. Um, yeah, What's happening around me, the lessons I'm learning right now, all of the little intricate things. I think when we're in, in the moment and we redirect ourselves back to the moment, we are able to see, you know, see clearly. I don't know, I found that my intuition has been stronger. Some Certain things just, I feel more in alignment. But if I escape too far off into the future, Mm -hmm. too far off into the past, I'm not able to, you know, like it's like, what is happiness, you know, what is fulfillment, you know, what is mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I those places mm-hmm. and at all at the same time? <laughs> too scary. Yes.
1: So, yes. So
0: what's in front of me, what I can handle, you know, what I can pay mm-hmm. attention to. And Yeah. And what
1: the, what the moment time. is gifting you. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. And, and I love, I love, too, how you... um went linear with it, right? When you mm-hmm. go to the future. Um, so when we're hanging out in the future, typically that's when we notice more of an anxious state. Mm-hmm. I got to get this done. I got to be here. I got to do, I got to do, I gotta, right? It's like mm-hmm. that. that's where anxiety creeps in. So again, you can start to notice that within yourself. If you start to feel anxious, it's just ask yourself, where am I? What do I need? Right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I was, you know, five years from now, you know, thinking about if I if I'm if this choice ain't the right choice, where am I gonna be five years from now, kind of thing, is like and it created some anxiety in me, right? Or when we go to the past. So when we're time traveling in our mind and when we go to the past, then that past then is where depression kind of sets in. So if you notice that you're you're feeling sad, just at a lower vibration, right? It's usually some place we went to in the past. I didn't do this. I didn't say this. I can't believe they actually said that to me or this opportunity was missed. And, it, you know, it's just wherever, it's, it's the stories that we're telling ourselves, right? But when you're here in this moment, it is also a very rich story that you're missing out on if you're not here with it. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: I know I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really in a deep. State of reflection and like taking, you know, taking everything in because it's Mm -hmm. in right now, like on a lot of different things. Um, just, just where I am mentally and spiritually and physically in this moment. So I'm just like, yeah, like that Mm makes sense. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation right now. I think that it's on time. It's it's very
1: on Mm -hmm. time for me. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, every day I have to. Reorient myself in every moment, just with working and going to school. It, a lot of what I do has to do with, I got to get this done, you know? And then I can feel when I get on edge, when something comes in and throws a wrench in my plans for the day, you know, whatever that may be. For all of us, it's like this flat tire happened or money needs to go here. And you didn't have, you didn't allocate money for that, right? And it's like, Instantly you go with that, right? But the stronger you are with that practice of being here in this moment, it doesn't mean that you don't drift off ever, right? There's like, there's not a perfection that happens, right? It's just more of a skill and a practice and then what you can handle then or how quickly you can get yourself back to the moment. It's a balance for sure.
0: I agree. And I I like that you said that because it reminded me that I need to uh, recenter more often or create space for myself to recenter more often because I'm mm-hmm. in that constant state of like okay go 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 do 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 create, create 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 work 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 like and I found that like in my chilling and me prioritizing rest and like my peace I've still been able to get the same amount of stuff done like I've still
1: mm-hmm. been able to
0: complete the things that need to be completed. It's just like, am I going to be completing them while stressing myself out? Or am I going to be, you know, choosing to take my time and choosing to, I don't know, just like put myself first, you know, not necessarily <laughs> tasks, but me,
1: my yeah, and my, you know. Mm-hmm. And what you need with that. And you also said something too, that I feel like that people kind of get drawn into a little bit, but you kind of alluded around that about creating space, right? So sometimes we believe that there's this ideal situation that we need to give ourselves Mm -hmm. to be present with ourselves, right? So it's like, I'm really big on rituals, like Mm -hmm. my morning ritual, right? Very big with my morning ritual, right? And yes, what needs to happen for me in the morning it it needs to happen for me. I'm very, I guess I want to say, I don't want to say religion, but just just very methodical, very dogmatic, even about how my morning routine is going to go. But then the rest of the day, I want to be present outside of the spaces that I'm holding for myself, right? And realize that I can hold space for myself in a situation where I'm having a disagreement with someone,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? Or in a situation where I am washing my hands. And one of the practices that we teach for creating a lifestyle being mindfulness, hand washing is one of them. And I know that may seem strange because you go through life and you wash your hands, especially during these COVID times, we're washing our hands often, right? But it's like, if we can just take a moment and understand the exchange of what's happening when you are cleaning your hands, right? From the moment that you're, turning the water on and noticing when the water has switched from cold to warm, right? You can hear, you can hear that, right? And it's like, okay, and then the soap and then the soap and the water and then how those two elements come together, create suds and then those suds are now connecting and bonding to the dirt or the soilness of your hands and it's like taking it off of your hands and then the rinsing process so it's like there's an exchange that's happening through this whole process of washing your hands where your hands are the focus but at the same time your body could be experiencing something totally different than the hand washing in that moment So again, every moment is just so rich. And if we can just be present with those little things that we do, I think that this is where the immortality of life lives. It's like in the moment, right? And again, not so much in how we set up the moment. Like, okay, I'm about to set up this time to breathe or to relax or to give give myself a nap or something like that. But if we can really pay attention and fall into everything that we do, then that moment feels internal or eternal, rather. I want to say the moment feels eternal. It's like, wow, that is awesome. Just from washing your hands, you know, that's a beautiful experience. It's like, wow.
0: It's the little things. It's, yeah, that just made me think. Because like, Looking at it from that perspective we are we we go through many little rituals, we go through <laughs> everything, yeah, <And> everything is <laughs> is
1: magic when you and yeah, yes. um, allow it to be everything yeah. is, and I love that. The mystery and the magic of the moment, you know, that is like a little prayer that I say, you know, sometimes like to help me see the mystery and the magic of every moment because it is there, you know. And you may think it's like a Groundhog Day, right, where you you wake up and repeat <laughs> the day before, wake up and repeat, right? But it's really not. Once you start dropping into those, you realize that each time that is different because each time when you look at it from being from a curious mind, right, then you're going to notice something that you didn't notice before. And even with something like your discomfort, and I think that that's where growth kind of happens. It's like, wow, I'm disagreeing with this person, but what's really happening here? I'm feeling challenged. Okay, so why am I feeling challenged? I'm feeling challenged because I don't believe that they're hearing me. Okay, so you need to be heard. Yes. Okay, then What do you need then in this moment to know that I don't have to give you my power because you're not hearing me. I hear me. You know what I mean? It's like there's so much growth that happens just from being present.
0: I like that. And I like that question of, you know, what do I need in this moment? And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I could definitely use to help me recenter, Mm -hmm. you know, reflect and be present.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: I'm definitely taking a note of that.
1: Yes. I can see how that could be really beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do I need? And again, it may be something big. It may be something big in the sense of big, in, the, you may have to ask for assistance, which is another hard thing for Black women. You know, what do you need in this moment? I need help because I'm trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, then what would you allow? For someone to help you with, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, then I'm going to delegate this right here because I can uh, I can handle that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we do it all
0: for real. Like trying to do everything. Everything. Mm -hmm.
1: But I just that just reminded me of when I was younger, how my mom would list off all the stuff that she did. You know, it started in the morning. Okay, I did this and this. I got all the clothes washed. You know, I cleaned the baseboards. Like she, Because she was into all of this. I cleaned the baseboard. I got the, the food thawed and I cooked this and I did this and this. And like, you know, it was just like, it was just a list of I did all of that. And then you're hearing that as a kid and it's just like, okay, I'm supposed to do all of that. <laughs> but I had this. I, I still do. I have this. And she I don't. Uh, that was not her language. I don't know if her mom spoke to her that way or not, but she would delegate in a heartbeat. I need you to go outside and pick this up. And I need you to go and do this. And do. she was like, I'm not trying to do all of this.
0: <laughs> I feel that I really do feel that like delegation can be so important. And I think mm-hmm. you learn that from a work standpoint but it's also mm-hmm. helped me just in life
1: in general too mm-hmm. so is that a skill for you or is that something that you like learned as you matured
0: I'd say it's something I learned I remember reading I can't remember the. I can't remember this book but I read in a book somebody was talking about delegation Mm-hmm. I was like 18. But at that point, I was doing a lot. I'm still doing a lot. (laughs) Okay, you know, I want to be a writer right now. And I want to, you know, I'm doing this program where I'm learning all of these things having to do with social justice and community and healing. And that was just a lot and it required a lot, too, you know, reflections and projects and all types of things. And then I had my home life and, you know, what my parents and my family expected of me. And, and then I had actual work and school. Mm-hmm. So I was in mm-hmm. you know, college at this point. So I'm like, whoa, what? So I'm like, you know what? Let me tell these people. Because it was also the first time that I actually felt supported, like I had a community. So I'm like, let me yes. tell around me that I need help. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time getting to these trainings every day because somebody helped me, you know, and it took a lot Mm -hmm. to be like, for example, I need a ride, you know, like I need a ride from here to there, you know, or Mm -hmm. um, and it was small things, but it, it improved my mental health because I didn't have to worry about doing all of these different things. You know, I had more time in my day. It was just delegation really helped me, but I had to learn it and I had to be comfortable you know, I had to allow myself that, you know, because it wasn't comfortable for me to ask.
1: Yes. Or to yeah. seek help. Right, right, right. Because at some point along the line, we've been told that to ask for help is like weakness. Weakness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I
0: do not like that at all.
1: Mm-hmm. I love what you just talked about, too, about um, you were talking about social justice in the community, right? And then mm-hmm. also the things that you need for yourself. And that's a nice song and dance that has to happen because part of that do, 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 go, go, go is the flip side of the coin to being colonized, right? Mm-hmm. It's capitalism. So it's like, so this country was founded on the work. It was founded on the money, you know, and how you make money and time is money and you got to go and you got to work, right? So that is very much a colonized mind. But then when you go back to pre slavery and even some of the rituals that we were able to hold on to, right? We're black folks are very community or communal people, right? We're in relationship with each other. So it's like there is that balance of, or the song and dance of, the grind, right? And then the community. And, nice. and and where we are right now is just new footing. So yes, we can go back. I, I don't, actually I don't necessarily believe that we can't go back, but you can go back and learn from how we created community, right? But then we're also a product of the colonized mind. We're also a pro- a product of capitalism and we live in a space, not unless you want to live off the grid, but most of us live in a space where we need our money to do the things that we do and to further the work that we want to do. And it's just a matter of creating a dance right now between the two, between community and between the grind, right? So yeah, so even within our communities, like that part of, well, it's the part about being self-actualized, right? It's like, how do I become Self-actualized. And that's very individualistic. And then you can be like, well, how do I become more a part of what's happening in my community? But our communities were set up from trauma, from trauma. I mean, there's a lot of good things that happen through there, but there's a lot on trauma. So like that internal world, our internal community, no one taught us about that. Some of the things we're talking about, like mindfulness and delegation and and what do I need? And, you know, some of those skills right there. No one taught us about that. So it's like within ourselves, how can we learn to, from where we are, build on what we know right now, right? I know that I need money to further the work that I want to do. And then I know that I need community because I don't want to do it all by myself, I'm not an island. I am a community. I do belong with other people. I'm in relationship to everything. So then how do I go forth and create that relationship with myself, you know, as well, mm-hmm. right? And it's like how, that's a whole new dance that we're learning right now.
0: And yeah, I'm I'm glad that you, that's something that I grappled with a lot around that time too. So it's, I love that you just said it that way, that it is a dance between mm-hmm.
1: us. Mm -hmm.
0: especially around that time I was learning like I didn't know what capitalism was in middle school -hmm. school, you
1: know Mm -hmm.
0: what capitalism was and I'm like you mean to tell me like this is some bullshit
1: (laughs) yeah
0: I have to do what and I have to take care of myself and I have to like I was shocked you know Mm -hmm. I was shocked with this information you know I was getting a lot of just the terminology and a uh, uh, understanding of like institutionalized racism and all the different phobias and you know just the impact that white supremacy has had on black mm-hmm. folks and more especially black women and through all of that learning it's kind of how I identify what my passion is now and what the work is for me now mm-hmm. but in that moment I was like how am I supposed to do this you know mm-hmm. so I am still trying to like find my footing you know it's mm-hmm. like fulfilling individually what I know I need to do but also creating and being in community so I, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely here with that
1: I yeah feel that. yeah
0: and I reflect on that often and even in doing something like this I reflect on that
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I think it all comes back to you know again um some of the ways in which you experience that. And then once you begin to recognize that, right, then you begin to live an intentional life, right? So again, just going back to you cannot change anything until you become in the moment is where you where change happens. And then once you become aware of some of the things that you need because you've checked in with yourself, then everything that you do from that moment, that dance is created, intentionally, you know, it's like, I do need, you know, like just say if we're talking about capitalism still, I I do need money. But the idea now is being presented to folks that we all need to be billionaires or millionaires, right? When the reality is, it's like, what do I need to do the work that I need to do? Do I need to be a billionaire for that? You know, do I need to Yes right do I need to hoard the money you know for that For some people that is their that's part of their purpose and that's part of their their reach that they have in the world. But for some reason we've all believed that we need to have these this like long reach into everyone's life and again that is part of the colonization of yeah. I need to take over everything. With, everybody needs to know, yes, everybody with that, uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, Go ahead. yeah, even when it's a good thing, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's like, but, but in, in, in reality, is it's just like the intention may be I need to reach this community right here. And this is where I'm at, and this is what I'm doing. And when you sit with that, and if that feels good with you, then that is what you need to do. And it's equally important, you know. And it's again, it's not somebody else's dream outside of yourself. This is what you need to do with that. It's like, no, I just need to make this much money to do this. Yes, and I, Mm I love that you you kind of just put that into
0: perspective with me because I've intentionally since we you know you just mentioned intention in that way like I've intentionally crafted and designed this space for black women and Mm -hmm. when I initially had that idea I was kind of met with like okay well why isn't it for all POC or
1: why Mm -hmm. isn't it
0: for about you know black Mm -hmm. indigenous folks and this and that and I'm just like I had to trust (laughs) myself And the identified, like, need that I was feeling called to, you know, answer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this ain't for everybody. (laughs) I I can say that now very unapologetically. And I think that's what I really like in hearing that you work with Black women on mindfulness because we need more spaces that prioritize Black women. Yeah. To knock anybody else. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think people need to understand that. And I just, this that's my first time saying this on this podcast about like the intentionality behind why I, why I do what I do or why the space is what the space is.
1: Right. And everything is not for everyone. Right. No, it's so it's just like we're holding space for Black women. But mm-hmm. understanding that as Black women, we are not monoliths no. either do you Do you know? It's just it's like beyond holding a space for black women, then it's just like, but then who are you besides the external gaze of that? Exactly. Do you know? Like some of us are from the you know, for as from status standpoint. Some of us came from wealth. Some of us came from nothing right? Mm -hmm. Some of us are straight. Some of us are gay. Some of us Mm -hmm. are non-binary or whatever that may be, right? It's like our bodies are different, right? Some of us have been physically abused and some of us have been mentally abused and some of us know how to have a great conversation and some of us are extroverts and Mm -hmm. introverts. Mm -hmm. It's whatever that space may be for us to just be and not just show up in the way that the world has decided that this is how a Black woman shows up.
0: Yes, and that is the essence. Oh, you just blame. I mean, oof.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: just explained that so perfectly. That is the essence of this space. That yes, the essence of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's what I wanted it to be. Like I didn't want it to be um monolithic in the sense that mm-hmm. I have this one image of who a black woman is and I'm only speaking to that black woman because I yes. think that we come from a bunch of different identities, a bunch of different experiences. Um, you know, like everything impacts the way that we express ourselves, you know. And at the end of the day, I really do feel like we are spirit, but on our side, <laughs> mm-hmm. These are only like our experiences help us connect, help us build community. And I happen to be black and I happen to be woman. And I want people to know that that is sacred, especially because, I don't know, sirens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because
1: that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Life is changing for somebody right now. Exactly. Exactly. I,
0: I, really, I really like what you said. I feel like that is the essence of the sacred identity.
1: Yeah, I felt that. I was very honored to be on the show for that reason. At least I know from age standpoint, we're from different eras in that. Absolutely. But at the same time, just connecting with who you are as a being, right? Mm-hmm. And that community looks like, it looks like differentness too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it may look like Black women from the outside, but it's still, we're very different. And I mean, and that applies to the humanness of everything as well. It's like, yeah, we may all look like this as human, but we're all different. But because we weren't allowed to be who we are, I think that sometimes we need to pull back and create a space where we can be who we are, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, with being oppressed, you weren't able to show up. You know, a few years back, you saw the huge movement now Black women and their hair and natural hair and, Mm -hmm. you know, and being whatever that is. So it's like that is embrace, you know, now with us. And it's just time to let that start to unfold with how we see maybe even spirituality, right? Right. And how we see relationships and how we see money, right? And all of these things, it's like there's different stories in there for everyone. And it's like creating spaces for people to tell their stories. So then again, because we are in relationship or relation with one another, then it's like hearing your story is like, oh, I never really thought of it that way or mm-hmm. well, that's a different perspective or well, that's kind of cool I'm still into what I'm into but that's kind of cool what you said and I'm allow you to be who you are and not try to you know convert you over to whatever it is that I'm into <laughs> you know for the moment so it's like the more spaces we have like this the different voices we get to hear of each other
0: I agree I agree, and that just reminded me of something. so for those of y'all who are listening, there are gonna be all kinds of black women black films on this podcast in this series and that just yeah that just made me realize that I am talking to everybody, like I didn't mm-hmm. know anybody and be like. No. no, you know, like I didn't look at anybody. I, m- I'm meeting with everyone, and I'm, I'm being like, you know, what are your assets? What is it that you do? Let's talk about you, because I want to showcase how everyone else is special. You know? Yes. That just made me realize that. So. I yeah, this episode is gonna be different from the next
1: episode. In mm-hmm. episode. And so and uh-huh. I did it intentionally to be that way. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. And this, I mean, again, and it's working out to be that way. So that's kudos to you for doing that, you know? Because again, going back to it just tying it all back into the mindfulness. Mm-hmm. When I heard you speak earlier, you said, Why isn't it for everyone? Or why isn't it for these people or people of color indigenous? And you said you felt called to do the work that you were doing so you were still enough long enough to hear yes. where you needed to go you know and what you needed to do and that voice of truth is there for all of us
0: I agree and that's why yeah. I love that we're talking about it in this way because that is something that I want to inspire other people so you know like realize that we all have that truth.
1: Hmm. Yeah, we do. We do. We. Yeah, that's beautiful. But yeah, I can get so like, oh, that is great. But it's the truth. We all have that truth.
0: We do. And I want to thank you so much for being here and talking to me and listening to me. I've learned a lot. I'm sure whoever listens to this. We'll learn a lot. Where can people follow you or get to know you more and your work more?
1: Oh, well, that is a great question. We are on Instagram and we're at Melon Mind. And that's Mm M-E-L-A-N-M-I-N-D. And it's underscore us Uh, on Facebook. We are Melon Mind. And our website is melonmind.us.
0: Okay. And I'm have that where people can click. I'm going
1: to
0: make sure that you can be found. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that we um, have connected. And I do not believe that it was just by chance.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I do. Conversation. <laughs> I, would ag- I would agree as well. Thora. It was just so great. Being here with you, connecting on your media pages, listening to your podcast and just the work that you do. I support I support your vision and where you're going and what you're doing for our intra community of black women and then how that how that will play out for all of us. So I thank you for creating that space.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
1: Yes, no problem. Let's keep doing this work. Period.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I
1: shake Amen. A <laughs> learning. Yes, we just about to be. I Amen. I love that.
0: <laughs> hey, if you've reached this point, you have successfully finished an episode of the Sacred Identity Podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate the hell out of y'all. <laughs> If you are looking for ways to support me, make sure first and foremost that you are following me on social media. I am at the sacred identity on Instagram, and I am at sacred identity underscore on Twitter. I would love to have y'all there if y'all aren't there already. If you are looking for ways to donate, um, support this podcast monetarily, visit my website at thesacredidentity.com, and you'll find a really big donate button. You can click that. Um, you can visit the podcast page and click the donate button there i appreciate you all share 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 this tell your folks about me Tell your sibs about me let everybody know <laughs> couture has a podcast over on the sacred identity and yes i say i am so grateful for you all thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for more